Welcome to today's podcast with Crosspoint Church, where we share the gospel and we share our lives. With so many fun and new exciting things going on at church, we want you to be in the loop. So make sure that you check out our Facebook page and that you check out our website at www.crosspointwaverly.com. And now for today's message. see your smiling faces. Thanks for joining us in person today and also online. We have a guest speaker today. I'm going to introduce him in just a moment, but before I do, let me fill you in on a couple of things. Number one, uh, we have uh, uh, our funding mechanism for global missions, local church expansion, and future Christian leaders is Kingdom Builders. And PG had this great idea that if the kids raised $3,000 for BGMC, the kids' arm of Kingdom Builders, that he would kiss a baby pig. And then for some reason, he had this full-hearted idea that if they raised $4,000, that I would get to kiss a pig. And so uh, they raised over $5,400 this month for BGMC. So I'm thankful for baby wipes, and uh, baby wipes have crossed my lips. Uh, I only dry heaved a few times in the hallway after kissing the pig this morning. There is video evidence and photographic evidence that may get shown uh, next Sunday. But in case your kids are like, PG and Pastor Jonathan kissed the pig today, then you'll know like that's not a normal thing that happens on a Sunday. And I told PG, never again. So you roped me in once, good for you. Congratulations, not again. So I, I love the heart of generosity being displayed in our church, even at the youngest level uh, with our kids. And so s- grateful to each of you parents who were a part of that and, uh, and making a difference. Uh, another thing that I want to do before I introduce Sam Johnson is we have a special People here today, David and Stephanie and Caleb Blomberg. Stephanie's been part of our team for a number of years now, handling our finances and has done an incredible job with it. A couple of years ago, she moved to Minnesota to take care of her dad. And even in, the, uh, in, in that time frame, remotely, she's handled our finances and has done a phenomenal job of that. In adding the School of Arts and uh, in the growth of our church, we've, decided, we've seen that there's a need for somebody actually in-house in the building. And so uh, Emily Quimby began this Monday. She's a licensed CPA. She's the wife of Daniel Quimby uh, at Scent Church, and she's working part-time for us. So on, uh, during the week, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, you'll see a new face in the building. And, uh, and Stephanie, I just want you to know how much we love you, value you, appreciate you. This week, you came in to, uh, to onboard her and to pass off all of the knowledge that you have about the church's finances. And you've done an outstanding, outstanding job, and we're so grateful for you. Would you express your appreciation to Stephanie? I told her the only qualification, you know, that you need to, to keep this job is just to move back, and, uh, and she declined. So <laughs> anyway, so grateful for you. I know many of you know them, love them, miss them, and you'll still be a part of our church family from a distance. Well, this morning, we have a very, very special guest speaker. I met him a few years ago. His name is Sam Johnson, and he's been doing full-time ministry for over 60 years. In fact, there's a strong legacy of ministry in his family. His father was a pioneering uh, pastor and district leader in our movement a number of years ago. He has uh, several siblings. Four of the siblings are in full-time ministry, leaving their mark on the world today. Uh, Sam has been a pastor in Sioux City, Iowa, so he has some original Iowa roots right here and, uh, and has spent a number of his years serving the Lord in missions. And uh, he was asked a number of years ago, if you could do anything in the world that you want for the rest of your life, what would you do? And his response was this, I'd build Bible schools around the world. And I'll just tell you, as Eric and I over the last few years have gotten to know him and our dinner last night with him, there is passion that oozes out of every ounce of his being for advancing the gospel and raising up pastors and leaders and missionaries around the world. They have helped build 55 Bible colleges around the world. It's amazing to see what God has done. And I actually said that wrong. 
I actually said that wrong. There are many more than 55 Bible schools that he has built, uh, helped build, but they've actually built Bible schools in 55 different countries, which is even more amazing. And so would you join me in giving the warmest welcome that you can for Sam Johnson as he comes to deliver the word to us this morning. Thank you, my dear brother. Thank you, Sam. You are exceptional. You're exceptional. Yeah. Thanks for not making me kiss you. Praise God. Thank you that you didn't kiss me. That's better. Good morning, everybody. I have looked with anticipation to this for this day. During COVID, I was tired of sitting at home, reorganizing my desk and my office and cleaning up my garage three times and doing all the things that we did when we couldn't go anyplace and do anything. And I slipped out of, out of Knoxville, Tennessee, where I live, and I came to Waverly, and we had a wonderful time of fellowship. From here, I went on over to Des Moines, I went on up into the Dakotas on a little trip just to rejuvenate, rejuvenate my, my spirit. And I have fallen in love with your pastor and his wonderful wife. You have, peop you have people leading you who are people of quality. Uh, of, I, I just see it in everything here in the facility, in their lives, how they, and uh, I'm just so honored. Thank you, Jonathan, for giving me the invitation of being with you today and with your wonderful people. I am the son of a godly man. My father served North Dakota as its first district superintendent of the Assembly of God. Actually, back in those days, those days he founded it. There was no Assemblies of God, and he pioneered a number of churches. And in that environment, I was in church services where I heard missionaries come and talk about a world that was lost. So as a boy, I went to the altar and I said, God, use me, take me, and I've committed my life to him. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But Jesus Christ died on the cross to save us all from our sins. And so with that, was this something I said, folks? <laughs> so on that premise, on that premise, on that premise, I, 65 years ago, living in western North Dakota, I packed my little suitcase put it in the back seat of a little car that I had, and I head towards North Central Bible College to pursue the call of God in my life. While I was there, I met the most outstanding woman who has ever lived, my wife. 61 years ago, Joyce and I got married, and we have served the Lord. Thank you. We have served the Lord across this great state of yours, it was my privilege, as he mentioned, to begin our ministry in Sioux City, Iowa, with an outstanding man, an outstanding church, then in Wichita, Kansas. And in 66, God said, it's time, time. I knew as a boy that God had called me. I prepared my life. Now it's time. So I went to the Division of Four Missions of the Assemblies of God, and I said, I believe that God has called me to Europe. Oh, they said, that's wonderful. We need you in Spain. I said, Spain, wonderful. Let me see. Spain, Guatemala, Honduras. My geography was not very good, but I found it. I found it, and they said, we want you to read the book, Let Europe Hear. Every chapter was a chapter on a different country in Europe. And when I came to the chapter on Spain, it was entitled Giants in the Land. Because in 1966, there was no religious freedom in Spain. It was run by, ruled by a dictator. In 36 to 39, there was a civil war in Spain, and one million people lost their lives. General Franco came to power, and he clamped total control on the country. And there was only one religion, and it was not the Protestant. And they wanted me to go there where you couldn't do anything. That's how much they thought of me. So I, I, so I, was, praying in my, I was praying in my bedroom, kneeling before the Lord. And I went to the book of Joshua. And this is what it says. Moses is dead. There's a certain finality to that. Moses is dead. 
Now, Joshua, I want you to take these people, cross the River Jordan, and possess the land. And every place that the sole of your feet will tread, I'll be with you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And I said, God, if you'll make me the same promise you made to Joshua, I'll go to Spain where you can't do anything. And God said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And on that premise, Joyce and I began to travel to go to Spain. I was crisscrossing America, raising money as missionaries do for their, for their service while they're gone. And one day, the New York Times, somebody sent me the front page of the New York Times, that great bastion of conservatism. The New York Times, and this is what it said. General Franco declares religious freedom. Wow. The door was beginning to open. So when we arrived in Spain, we found five underground churches. And I believe that for me and my wife, the secret was not to start church number six or seven or eight, but could I find one student or two or three or four and begin to teach them and train them. And they, speaking much better Spanish than myself and loving their food more than I did, they would go out and reach their people and start churches. And on the basis of that, that's what we did. We helped to found the first Bible school in the country of Spain. While I was there doing all that, God gave me the opportunity to, to open a correspondent school, school start, uh, uh, called ICI, International Correspondence Institute. And we were able to enroll a quarter of a million students. Bought an office, had employees. God was doing great things. We just loved the outreach that God had given to us. But, but then I got a phone call. Could you please go to Portugal? Yes, because Portugal is alongside of Spain, so I flew over to Portugal, and this is what I found. I found that the Lisbon Portugal Church, the Lisbon Portuguese Church, had 60 congregations. This is before the campus church concept. 60 congregations and three full-time pastors. And these guys were going Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, Sunday night, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, just going and going. And so I sensed right away they need to have a Bible school. I was back in Spain, and God was speaking to my heart and said, go back and tell, tell those people they need to start and fill the empty pulpits. It's kind of a... So I went back to Portugal, and I met with the executives, and I said, you know, I was praying, and it seems to me that what you need to do is start a Bible school and train pastors and fill these empty pulpits. Oh, they said, that's a brilliant idea. Yes, and we want you to come to Portugal and build and direct it for us. Well, I could. I had teachers in Bible school who wouldn't know that. <laughs> but I felt that God would want me to do it, and so I said yes. We had one boy when we went to Portugal. Two were born in Spain, so now we had three boys. Must have been the water, and we came back to America. And I found a place where Joyce and the kids could live, and I began to crisscross this country. I traveled and traveled and I traveled, and God gave to me a verse: Hebrews chapter eleven, verse one. This is it. I've hung my ministry on this, my life on this. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I said to people across America, we're going to build a Bible school in Portugal, and we're going to help to fill the empty pulpits, and I need you to help me. And people responded, wow, what a I, I, I traveled, I, I, I slept in my own bed 60 times out of a year and a half. That's what you have to do. And every place I went, people responded. And I picked up my wife and my kids at the end of a year and a half. Wow, they had grown. And so off to Portugal we went. The day after I arrived, we arrived in Portugal. This is what I found. 30 acres on the edge of the city of Lisbon. They had been waiting for us to come. They knew that we had a bag of money. And so they'd been looking for some property, and we found it. 30 acres on the edge of the city of Lisbon. And we said, this is the place. God can help us to build a Bible school here. So we were able to secure it. It's a wonderful story how that all happened. And I never stopped building for nine years. I built dormitories, classrooms, dining halls. They love to eat. A chapel for 1,500 we built. And we built for 325 students. And now you see the evidence of what God helped us to do. Faith is a substance of things hoped for. The evidence, the evidence. Of, don't leave here this morning, ladies and gentlemen, believing God for something well without taking the evidence with you. It's all in the same verse. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. You're believing for an unsaved loved one. Believe and take the evidence that your unsaved loved one will come to know Jesus Christ. It's in the same verse. 
And so we believed God and God helped us and we built and we built and God provided for us. And so then in 1969, after serving in Spain and Portugal, 1969, communism had fallen. I received an invitation, could you please come to Romania? Yes. So we went to the city of Bucharest, a city of five million people, and this is what I found. I found an old commie building, just an ugly, com communist never built anything that was pretty anyway, but this is a big old garage. And we worked and we worked and we worked. We believe God because faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We were doing as Jesus did. When Jesus came at the age of 30, what did Jesus do? What was his ministry? Jesus called to himself 12 disciples, 12 disciples, and he formed the first Bible school of the Assemblies of God. So we were just doing, or if I was talking to the Baptist, it'd be the Baptist. You know, there's just a, hey. And so, we sensed that God was helping us, and in, in Romania, we built, and now I want you to see the evidence of what God helps to do. Romania, there it is, the fantastic Bible school that God provided for us. Today in the country of Romania, there are over 2,000 Pentecostal churches. See, it only happens, ladies and I've been deeply involved in helping churches plant church, pastors plant churches, but it doesn't come because you send money and put up a building. You gotta have somebody in the building that leads the church, hello. And so God has been trying to help us do that now around the world as the pastor mentioned. And from, from Romania, we got invitations. We went to the Republic of Georgia. Now Georgia is the country that lies south of Russia, Georgia. I'm not talking about Atlanta. I'm talking about the country of Georgia lies south, and Putin is the guy up in Georgia. Up in the, uh, uh, he doesn't know where he lives. <laughs> Been trying to live in, a, in the Ukraine for some time. He went back to Georgia and tried, under President Bush, tried to reclaim some of, but they resisted him. And, 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 and you know, Putin is not a happy man. Not a happy man. I'm not sure that you'd be happy either if your name was Putin. I mean, just think about it. Just, no, just say that, Putin. My name is Putin. It just, it just and, it, and so they resisted him, they resisted him, and in Georgia, we were able to buy, we were able to buy a commie building. There it is. Not all of the buildings are very attractive, but in the Republic of Georgia, this is what we purchased. I think we purchased something. Did we purchase? I'm sure we did. I remember that we, there it is, there it is. There it is. And we took that building and we converted it. And now you see, ladies and gentlemen, in a country where there existed only one church, a beautiful Bible school for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ, and hundreds of churches have begun because of the students who were taught and trained. This is not rocket science, ladies and gentlemen. This is just simply doing as Jesus did. And so God led us from the Republic of Georgia then to Albania. Now, Albania in 1969, Albania in 1989, I'm sorry, 1989, Albania was closed just like North Korea is today. They had a dictator there who would not allow anybody into the country and nobody out. But when communism fell, they grabbed the dictator, disposed of him, and freedom came to the country. And we were able to get missionaries in there, the finest missionaries in captivity. And we placed them there, and they purchased some land. And we went in, and we began to help them build. And this is what we did in the country of Albania, a magnificent Bible school, now reaching that entire area that's all Muslim, difficult to reach. But the secret lies in trained men and women. And there, there, therein lies why the truth why we've been able to be so effective in the country of Albania. From Albania, we went to Russia. We built a Bible school and up in Siberia. Now, I grew up in North Dakota, so I understand cold, <laughs> as you do. But hey, Siberia is a whole nother, oh my, just to say the word, children's chills up in Siberia. But we built a Bible school in Siberia. Out of that Bible school, 300 churches were established by the students who were taught and trained there. Don't, don't applaud too soon, but that's, that's in Russia. And then I'm awfully happy to tell you that we were able to be involved in the establishment of the seminary in the Ukraine. 
Take a look at this. This is the country that the, 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 the demonic man, Putin, is trying to reclaim and in the process destroy. But thank God, not a bomb has touched that seminary in the city of Kiev for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. And out of that seminary has come literally hundreds and hundreds of trained leaders across the whole, the, across the whole eastern part of, of Europe. So God was helping us in Eastern Europe do a lot of things. Other countries we are deeply involved in, Poland and Romania, uh, Poland and, and, and the Belarus, countries like that. And then I, I, got a, I, got a, I got a call, could you please come to Africa? Yes. <laughs> do you have a country in mind? Because there's only 53 of them. <laughs> so they said, would you please? So we went to Ethiopia, Ethiopia. And there we helped us to establish the Bible school. Today they have a magnificent facility for 700 students, jam-packed, because today there are millions of Pentecostal believers in the country of Ethiopia for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. So God's helped us. And I was, I was in, I was in, I was, during that time I was working in Africa, I got a call, could you please come? So I went, I was in, where was I? Oh, yes, I was in Bangkok, Thailand. I was having lunch, and I reached across, and I said, my name is Sam Johnson, the guy sitting over there, an older gentleman. I said, who are you? He said, I'm the first missionary into Myanmar. I said, what's Myanmar? He said, Burma. Oh, yes, I know all about Burma, but I did. Oh, they changed their name. Yes. So he said, here's the story. In 1960, Ray Trask, Tom Trask's brother, went to Myanmar, and he went to the little town up north close to China called Machina, and there he established a Bible school on 30 acres of land. And he built, and he built, and he built, but in 1960, they kicked him and all the missionaries out, and they closed the door to the West, and the military took over, and they have been in total control ever since until just now. They have relented, and they allowed me, the first missionary, back into Myanmar. I said, wow, what a story. This is magnificent. He said, yes, and I need you to come. I said, what do you have in mind? He said, well, he said, Ray built, Ray built, come. And so I went, and this is what I saw. I found what Ray built was a boys' dormitory. Boys' dormitory. A hundred boys in that door, uh, floor, uh, sleeping in a bed by bed by bed. A hundred boys. No facilities. No, 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 no. Just outside on it. No, not, no. And so I said, wow, this is, this is, this is. So we begin to believe God, and we begin to work hard, and I took some pastors with me, and each one of them, I gave them a sledgehammer. We knocked the, knocked the props out from underneath that building because, see, I'd had a meeting with the termites. And I said, now, here's the deal. I'm coming back, but you got to hold it up until I get It was really, and they held on. No. They, they, and, and so we, we, knocked, we knocked the building down, and now you, see, now you see the evidence of what we believe God for. That's the evidence, ladies and gentlemen. So I said, I said, see ya. No, 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 no. They said, you can't leave yet. I said, what, why? why? They said, no, because you have to come. And so they took me around. They had never taken me there before in all my trips. And up here in the trees was the girls' dormitory. So I said, wow, what a pile of junk. What a building. <laughs> so I said, I will help you. So we worked and we worked, and now you see the evidence of what we believe God for. Now we have a Bible school for 500 students, and we built some staff houses. We built some staff houses as well, beautiful staff houses. And I wish I could tell you this morning, ladies and gentlemen, that we walked out of there rejoicing as we did, but, but, but not for long. Because the military that had been in the shadows reemerged one year and a half ago in the middle of the night. February 1st of 2021, they reemerged in the middle of the night. They, they captured all of the democratically elected leaders, put them in jail. Four have since been murdered, and they reclaimed the country for themselves. And today, in the streets of Machina, where we built the Bible school, the tanks rolled down through the streets, and 
as an indication, we are in power. We are the ones that are in control. Machina, there's a t picture of a tank. Tank, it's called, there you go. That's it, Machina. And so, and so, so it, it sounds gloomy. But ladies and gentlemen, take a look at this, at, at the students who returned for the, for the school in the midst of the, in the, midst of the overthrow of the, of, the, of the democratically elected people. In the midst of all of that, they said, Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell should not prevail against it. And they're preparing and training. And today, and today in the country of Machi, they don't have, in the country of Myanmar, they don't have the freedom that we have today. They don't have the freedom that they had. But today in the country of Myanmar, there's one million Pentecost believers. How is this possible? Possible only because of trained leadership. And so God was gracious to us to allow us to become deeply involved there. I just want to also share with you, this is, this is, I've been to Vietnam several times, but this is so exciting because Vietnam, the country that the, our military helped push back the darkness in Vietnam. Today in Vietnam, ladies and gentlemen, the Assemblies of God has become fully recognized by the government. And in the city of Hanoi, within the shadow of the place where Senator McCain spent three years of his life in what they called, they dubbed the Hanoi Hilton, Senator McCain, whose plane was shot down and landed in the lake of Hanoi. In the shadow of that, look at this fantastic Bible school that's being built there in the center of the city, in the center of the city, a five-story facility for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ to tell the people in Vietnam, Jesus Christ lives. That's our message today. Jesus Christ came. He died for you, for all races, for all people, and we are so happy to this, tell you this morning that that Bible school will be completely, you'll get an up-to-date report in a couple of months. It'll be completed in the spring of 2023 for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. I lived in Minneapolis for many years. I've been liberated. But I lived in Minneapolis for many years. No, we loved it. We loved it. We didn't love it. We, we didn't. We, but we lived in Minneapolis for, and while I was there, I got a phone call. The man at the other end of the line said, my name is Barnabas. I said, Barnabas? I had never met in my life a Barnabas. Jim, Jonathan, Pete, Sam, but no Barnabases. Who are you? He said, I'm the general superintendent of the Assemblies of God of Tanzania. Oh, I said, that Barnabas. I said, I said, <laughs> I said, I said, what can I do for you? He said, I'd like to come and see you. I said, come along. So I got him a motel, and I got him a meal, and we went out for supper, and he never touched his food for three hours. This is what he said. We have embarked in Tanzania, a country in East Africa, south of Kenya. We have embarked on a campaign to start 10,000 new churches in 10 years. I said, Dr. Barnabas, how are you going to do that? He said, no, no, no. It's how you and I are going to do it. So I took the bait. He said, come. I went, and this is what I found. I found a building that had been started by a church in Alabama. It was a boys' dormitory. Then the years 07 and 08 hit, and all of us with a good memory, remember those were difficult years economically, and they never returned. And when I saw that, I said, devil, get behind me. Because God is going to help us do something phenomenal in this country. Watch out. And we worked and we worked. And now they see the evidence of what God did for us. What we believe God for. The evidence. We built this, this men's dormitory for 250 men. And I went to church every time I went in this little tiny, little tiny chapel. And they said, and it was... And they had, they had students sitting on each other's. It was, it was very crowded. And they said, we need, we need a larger facility. So we took that chapel down. It was a metal building. We took it. We shipped it to another Bible school. And we began to build a chapel. 
I don't, I can't fully explain it to you, but it grew and it grew, and now it seats 5,000. It's not only the chapel for the Bible school, but it's also the place where all of the, 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 the pastors come for the general councils. And so God helped us to build that. And then when we dedicated it a couple of years ago, I went up in the balcony, I looked down, and I took a picture. All the men sitting in white are those who are waiting to be ordained. Then 350 pastors. Because you see, ladies and gentlemen, they finished the 10,000 churches. They built and started the 10,000 churches. And now, they, th then they took a year off and they took, they took time to pray, ask God what they, would, what they should do. And so I, I was there just as COVID was slamming the door shut. I was still, I was still, in fact, I'm sleeping. It's four o'clock in the morning. I, I got my phone under my pillow and it goes ding. You know what I mean? And it, and I looked at the phone, and Joyce is on the phone. And she said, President Trump has just closed the border to America. You can't come back. I got 20 pastors with me in Tanzania. We just, we just had dedicated, look at this, we just dedicated the incredible 700-seat academic center. So while we were there, we went out and we, that's it. We went out and we had a groundbreaking service. We had a groundbreaking service for a seminary. And she said, Trump says you can't come back. I said, what am I gonna do with all these past? I mean, I'm just, it's four o'clock. All of a sudden, there was a knock on my door. Somebody else had gotten a message from one of our group. Done. What are we gonna do, Pastor Sam? I said, well, and then the phone rang again. And Joyce said, oh, he clarified it. He means that the Europeans can't come, but if you're an American, you can get back home. Praise God. So we, we, we got back home. We got back home, and we began to work for, because we, had, these, we had, had a groundbreaking service. Just before we left, take a look at this. Groundbreaking service for the new seminary that God would help us to build. And I was there one month ago with 50 pastors, 6,000 pastors from Tanzania, 750 of them dressed in white suits waiting for ordination this time. And this is what we dedicated to the Lord Jesus Christ. The five-story finest seminary for the whole continent of Africa because they have a great hunger, not only for education, but education at all levels. You see what happens, ladies and gentlemen, is years ago, we used to send the finest and the brightest to America to get their PhDs. And then here's what happened. On several occasions, they never went back. They stayed in America. So now across the continent of Africa, we've been able to help them see built facilities at all levels, and so we're not losing the key leaders that we once lost. And so God helped us to build that and dedicate that for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. The, most, the, the prime minister was there. For one hour, he charmed the crowd. He was so amazed with what God had done, and his wife his wife has found Jesus as her personal savior. This is the prime minister for the whole country of, 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 Malau, uh, of Tanzania. So it was a wonderful occasion because you see, here's what's happened. Here's what's happened. Just before we arrived, one year before we arrived, I should say, they, after meeting and praying for two years, they then came up with a new plan and they're now starting 30,000 new churches in 13 years. You know what that means. <laughs> so, so I was having, I would, because the key to all of this is the planting of church planting schools. Not only the Bible schools, they have six Bible schools with thousands of students, but also church planting schools. They had 36 church planting schools, and you come there for five months, study all day, sleep on the floor, eat a bunch of mush, and then you prepare yourself theologically and biblically, and you're going to go out and you're going to start a church, and they tell you and teach you how to do that. And so they had 36 schools, churches, church planting schools, and now they needed 36 more. So they challenged me with, would you please, could you help us build 36 church planting schools? I've got great news for you. Last, Jan last December, I went, to, I went to Oklahoma City, and I preached for a wonderful pastor. And in the church service was a man that all of you ladies would like to meet. 
His name is David Green, and he owns the Hobby Lobby store where you go. He has 950 Hobby Lobby stores across America. And he has written a book on how he wants to give away his money. Well, of course, I I'd be very interested in helping him. <laughs> so I had lunch with him. I had lunch with him that day. And I said, David, you have helped me. Because David had helped me in the past in Burkina Faso, where I will go in one week and dedicate a seminary for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ that David, David provided. So I said, David, we're on a plan to build church planting schools in Tanzania. Could you help us? And last December, he sent me $1,500,000. Now, I want to thank David Green this morning, but I also want to thank all of you ladies of Iowa who have been faithfully shopping in his stores. It wouldn't be possible. It wouldn't be possible without it. all of those flowers that you have that will never die and all of those wonderful things you hang on the wall, all of it come out of one of those Hobby Lobby stores. Yeah, praise God. Fun stuff. Praise God. I have to close. You don't want me to, but I have to close because, because there's another service. But I was sitting at supper. And I was sitting with a doubt, any doubt, the number one woman missionary in the world, Hulda Buntain. She and her husband went to Calcutta, India, 65 years ago. They saw the hungry. They saw the impoverished. City of Calcutta, city of 18 million people. Their hearts were broken, and they began to feed the people the best they could. And from that day until today, they feed 10,000 every day. They built a hospital seven stories tall. You're sick? Come. Free medicine. They built over 250 schools for the children. Started over 200 churches. And she's sitting beside me at supper. And she reached over and she took me by the arm. And she said, you don't love me anymore. I said, Hulda, how can you say that? Of course I love you. Everybody loves you. You're Hulda Buntain. We'd adore you if we could. We, we just, we. She said, no, you don't love me. I said, come on, Hulda, don't. She said, you have never been to India. Well, I said, you're right. I never had. You know how it was. Everybody went to India to be with Mark, her husband. I said, she said, I need you to come. I said, why? She said, I'll tell you why. When Mark died of a massive heart attack, I was out of the country. I rushed back. Huge funeral service. And after everybody had left, I, by myself, went up into his office. And on his desk were the plans that had just been approved by the city of Calcutta to build a new church. Now, she said, you have to understand that in Calcutta at that time, there were no women pastors. Not allowed. Culturally. You, you, you. And she said, but I became one. You know, David was anointed three times with oil. Sometimes you have to anoint yourself. I've done it several times. And she, she seriously, she anointed herself and she began to travel across America. She said, I want to fulfill the dream of my husband, Mark Buntain. And she built a seven-story church. Magnificent for a couple of thousand people. She's got two levels in the basement. Now she's got 150 students. And she said, Sam, I got this 150 students. I can't grow the school because I can't go out this way and I can't go up that way because it's the church. And she said, I need to have you come. So I said, Hulda, for you, I will go. I went to Calcutta, and this is what they showed me. They took me to the edge of the city, and they showed me this three-story building. I said, wow, that's fabulous. What is this? They said, it's a boy's home. A boy's home. How many boys do you have? They said, 25. I said, what a derelict of, of financial. 25 boys in this massive. This, is, this should be the Bible school. They said, oh, no, 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 no. You see, a donor in America gave it to be built, to build a boy's home. And I said, I know that donor. I said, let me go home and make a phone call. And I came home and I called. I said, could you, 
allow us to use that building for the Bible school. They, they met. They met. They met that afternoon, and they had an executive meeting, and they called me back and said, yes, we'll allow you to take that building and use it for the Bible school. With one proviso, you build us a boys' home. Well, I knew I could build a boys' home cheaper than I could. So I said, yes, yes. So we added to the, we added to the building. Now we got four stories. Look at this. And there it is, all finished. We got room for 225 students. We got classrooms, we got chapel, we got a library, we got it all, it's wonderful. And we dedicated it, I said, see ya. They said, no, 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 you can't leave yet. I said, why? They said, because we can't have the women sleeping in the same building with the, with the men. Well, I said, they'll get together eventually. We have to have a women's dormitory. So I said, okay. We built a women's dormitory. God helped us, and now you see it. A beautiful women's dormitory for 100 women. And if you walk down the avenue with me uh, on the left, you will see the administration building, the women's dormitory on the right. And at the very end, that tall building is the boys' home for 40 boys. We kept our promise. And today, it's the finest Bible school in all of North India for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, this is the vision that Hulda Bantain, the, the dear woman who was widowed, too early in her life. And at the age of 90, we had the dedication of all of that. I kissed Hulda on the cheek and I said, thank you for giving me the privilege. Bye-bye. She left, I left, returned to America. I never heard from her again until April of last year. She wrote to me. She said, I'm 97. God's been so good to me. And she said, Passion runs. And I have been working in northeast India. In fact, Mark went up there and evangelized, and thousands came to Christ. And Pastor Moses is up there. He has 500 churches and no Bible school. Could you help us? And of course, you know what I said. I'll do my best. I got in touch with Pastor Moses. I said, I want to come and see you. Sister Holder tells me that you have a need for a Bible school. She said, he said, yes. He sent me a picture, two pictures, three. This is what we want to build. I go back to Hulda. I said, Hulda, I've got great news for you. I told Pastor Moses, we could help. We'll build the Bible school in Northeast India. And we're going back in correspondence. And then on July 17th of last year, she passed away. 97 years of age. And I promised that I would fulfill the dying wish of Hulda Bontain. Not only for the 500 churches of Pastor Moses, but to honor this great woman of God who gave her life for India. And this is what we're doing right now. Northeast India. You see the town of Guwate. And we're building student dormitory. We've already built the administration building. We built the chapel. And now this building will house 60 students. And we can build that entire building for $190,000. Ladies and gentlemen, you can't build Cheryl Shishad here for that. $190,000. $190,000. We can build that entire building. And I come to you today humbly asking if you could help us build this dormitory. I'll be there in February. I will see it because it will be under construction. By faith, we have already said to Pastor Moses, start digging. And I'm believing that that God will touch hearts today to make it possible. For only one reason. And that is that we might train young men and women 
to go where the gospel has never gone and to tell them, Jesus loves you. Yes, I do. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, I thank you today for allowing me the opportunity to come to this wonderful church and be with these magnificent people. I thank you for all that you've helped us to do around the world, but nothing is more important than today. And I pray that you would touch hearts and lead us today to do something significant in the country of India, Northeast India, and to help to build this boys' dormitory. For the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ, I ask now for your blessing upon these people, and I ask for their favor. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 It's a powerful moment, a moment that requires response. Our church has been a part of Priority One for the past few years, and the stories that Sam has shared with us today because of your generosity to Kingdom Builders, you're a part of it. Throughout the year, we talk about Kingdom Builders. We have a goal this year to give $20,000 to Priority One, and I'll just tell you that, that today, anything that comes in above that $20,000 is gonna go to help build this building in India. And so today, maybe God's stirring at some of your hearts to give an amount that you've never even dreamed about giving before. But you say, in this moment, I've gotta respond. So there are multiple ways that you can do that. One is you can go online at crosspointwaverly.com. You can mark Kingdom Builders on your online gift. You can look at the seat pockets in front of you. There are envelopes. You can put your check or cash into there, write the amount on it, and drop it off at any of the boxes on your way out and mark Kingdom Builders for that. You can text to give, or you can drop your, your check or cash off here at our office and mark it. You know, one of the things that, that Priority One has is enabled to happen is to raise up ministers in over 55 different countries for moments like this, a moment to respond. And I believe that God's not only tugging at some hearts this morning to give and be a part of the training of ministers and missionaries around the world, but even right now, the Holy Spirit's tugging at some hearts of people who are not followers of Him. So this morning, as stories have been shared about people being raised up, maybe there are some of you who aren't ready to be raised up, but instead are ready to be raised to life. You've been dead spiritually, and today you want to become a follower of Jesus. I'm going to ask that you bow your heads and close your eyes all across this room. Today, if you say, I've never asked Jesus to come into my life, Today, I want to become a follower of him. In just a moment, I'm going to ask that you would slip up your hands all across this room. Or maybe there are others of you who at one time walked with God, but you've turned your back on him and you say, today I need to see my relationship restored back to him. In just a moment, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you, you say, I need to ask Jesus to come into my life for the very first time. Or you say, I need to see my relationship restored back to him. When I count to three, why don't you slip up your hands all across this room? One, two three, lift them up all across this room. Jesus. Let's all stand. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to lead us in a prayer. If you raise your hand, I want you to repeat this after me. Mean it with, it with everything that's within you. But know that you won't be praying this prayer alone, but that each of us in support of you will also be praying. Let's pray. Say, dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for me. I admit that I'm a sinner. I admit that I've messed up. And this morning I ask for your forgiveness. Come and give me a fresh start. Be my savior. Be my king. Take over every area. Take over every aspect. 
and help me from this day forward to live for you with all of my heart, with all of my soul, with all of my mind, with all of my strength. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give God praise for what he's done this morning. If you prayed that prayer, we'd ask that you would text the word yes to 319-250-8998. Again, if you would text the word yes to 319-250-8998. Sam, one more time, I just want to say thank you so much. Thanks for 60 plus years of faithful ministry, serving God, that at this season of your life, this, he said something to me last night on our way back from Cedar Rapids, um, and I said, Sam, I wish I had the energy at my age that you have at your age. I mean, it's amazing the, how God is using him, and it's a privilege for our church to be able to partner with you as you partner with pastors around the globe to raise them up. So would you one more time express your appreciation to Sam? God's not done with them yet. There's still plenty of work to be done. And so here's what, how we're going to close our services. I'm just going to ask that people would stretch out their hands towards you and that we would pray for you and Joyce, for your family. Let's pray this morning. God, we thank you so much for Sam and for Joyce, for the call that you've placed upon their life, for the years of service that they've given to you. And Lord, we know that the best is yet to come that there are even greater days ahead for them. Lord, thank you for the missionaries and pastors and ministers and evangelists that have been raised up in these Bible schools that Sam has helped build and fund. Lord, thank you for those in this room who've been part of that story and that journey through their generosity to kingdom builders over the past few years. Lord, we pray that this morning that you would do something miraculous, that you would help close the gap of what's needed to, for, uh, for that building in India that this morning that you would stir the hearts of people in this room and people around the nation. And that as Sam goes in February by faith, that it wouldn't just be by faith, but instead that there would be the cash in hand because you've come through and you've provided. So Lord, we pray in our own church that you would raise up missionaries, pastors, evangelists, from young to old who this morning would respond to that call as Sam responded to over 61 years ago. God, we pray you continue to bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Love you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. We hope that this message was inspiring and encouraging. For more information about this message or about all things Crosspoint, check out our Facebook and head to our website at www.crosspointwaverly.com.